Hey, fellow mathers, do you have limited classroom time? Do you want to make the biggest, best impact on your students that you can? Then you need to start here with the Math is Figureoutable Challenge. It's three one-hour sessions of the quickest and most powerful ways to reach the most students with the most math. We're having special guest Jenna Labe. Mark your calendars for May 15th through 17th at 7 p.m. Central and watch this space to find out when registration opens. If you can't make those times, you'll want to register anyway so you can get access to the session recordings. And now, on to the episode. Hey, fellow mathematicians! Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we make the case that mathematizing is not about mimicking steps or rote memorizing facts, but it's about thinking and reasoning, about creating and using mental relationships. We take the strong stance that not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching, but that mimicking algorithms actually keep students from being the mathematicians they can be. We answer the question, if not algorithms and step-by-step procedures, then what? So this is going to be a really good episode, y'all. Last week, we talked in detail about what problem strings are and are not. We kind of defined them a little bit. We thought this week we would share what we have over the years called some do's and don'ts of problem string facilitation. People ask all the time how they should make problem strings go smoothly and what could go well for both them and their students. So today, we're going to focus on some tips and things to think about whether you're starting problem strings or you've done some for a while. Yes, absolutely. So newbies and veterans, we think we have some suggestions about ways that you can facilitate problem strings to get the most bang for your buck. So here we go. Let's start with just repeating the definition of sorts about what a problem string is, and then we're going to kind of parse through some nuances. So a problem string is a purposefully designed sequence of related problems that helps students mentally construct mathematical relationships and nudges students towards a major major efficient strategy, model, or big idea. All right. So with that in mind, some things about problem strings are they are meant to be mini lessons, about 10 to 15 minutes long. (laughs) Now, Kim. Short, Short, Pam, short. (laughs) And Kim's going to give me a hard time because... I have a harder time making them short, but there is a reason for that, right? Like in the classroom, when you know you have students over a period of time, we want them to be short, snappy, to the point, get Mm -hmm. it done because we know we get students back tomorrow and we know we can build on those tomorrow. When I'm teaching my university classes, I do a better job of that. When I do workshops with teachers and I only have them for that day or for heaven's sakes lately, that hour in a virtual workshop, then I try to get more done uh, because yep. I just, I feel like I only have it for right then. And so I try to build it too much probably mm-hmm. in that, in that moment. So you also have some teacher talk embedded. I will give you that. Oh yeah. That's true too. Yeah. Okay. Whether you want me to or not, I have teacher <laughs> talk embedded because it's hard for me not to, because that's who the students are that's in front of me are. teachers. There that's you go. Fine. All right. So another thing, um, the, the problems are related problems. Yes. They're not unrelated. Yes. So sometimes we'll see, things that people will call problem strings and they're really just sort of a list of problems that aren't really related. They're just kind of the problems that you could all solve using the same algorithm or something. Those that's not a problem string. All right. What else Kim? So problem strings are one at a time, right? They're not Mm -hmm. to be given to students all at once. Um, I am going to 
admit that I have seen several times where um, it's a fine problem string, a list of related problems that could be a lovely string, but they have been typed out on a slide and thrown up as like morning work no! or handed out no, on no, a piece no, of no. paper. Um, and kind of like a warm up, like here's yes, your bell ringer yeah, 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 yeah. on, yeah, all at once. Uh huh. And really, because the idea is to generate conversation, it's not about doing the same thing every time, then throwing all the problems out at once is not going to convince somebody to try something new or to open their mind to the strategy that's happening. Absolutely. They're just going to do the same thing every time. Yep. And many of the problem strings that I've been writing lately, you won't even know what to do. Right. Based on just handing you the problem, there's often other things to do, like graph this function or talk to me about the end behavior or uh, how many sides are parallel. Like you can't even put it down um, on paper uh, sufficiently that, that the students would even know what to do through that, that list of yeah. problems. Yep. So it's not a worksheet, not on a slide. All right. So another difference is the teacher chooses who shares. Yes. So it's not about everybody sharing. A teacher is going to circulate and look at what students are doing and then say, Ooh, to move the math forward, I'm going to, I need this strategy shared next. It's not about choosing the student who has necessarily the best strategy or the most clear explanation. Actually, sometimes we'll choose a student who's just on the cusp of making sense of things, that they have the idea kind of is sort of there. It's a little muddy. And we ask that student to share because that uh, is going to give us the opportunity to have other students join in and help clarify and clear up and more learning can occur. So Mm -hmm. it's not about having the the most uh, clear explanation shared. It's about what will move the math forward here. Sometimes it's even having a student just share the beginning of an idea and they, they get us started and then students could sort of jump in and add on. And so we are, we're always looking with an eye toward equity as we choose who shares, but it is absolutely not a free for all. Uh, right. It's a thoughtful sharing. Well, what and else? even even as you choose who shares, you choose who shares in what order. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, seen mm-hmm. you, I've seen you say, were you number one? Were you number two? Because as you're circulating, you are telling kids um, in, in what order you want them to share, right? Yeah. Yeah. In a really good facilitation, you have thought through the kinds of things that you expect students to do. And you're thinking about sharing them in an order that will help everybody have access and help right. move that math forward, help, yeah. help create more and more connections. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So also in a problem stream, the teacher models the student thinking. We are very clear that we believe that kids can do more than they say, and they can absolutely do more in their heads than they can record. So we want them focused on relationships, not necessarily trying to to record things so perfectly that it, it can be thrown up on the board. There are absolutely times where we have kids come up to the board and record their thinking, but not in a problem stream. The teacher is purposefully choosing the model that can best represent the ideas for the students. Yeah. And, and you and I have, have talked at length before we do a problem string about what the final board will look like. We yeah. plan what that final display will look like because that look on the board, while it feels very organic to students, yeah, um, that final look can really help create relationships and help students make connections and see patterns based on how we put it up there. And so uh, we don't have anything against students modeling their own thinking, 
but they don't know what that final look is supposed to be. And so right. they can't, Hey, come to the board and put it now. That's wrong. I mean, <laughs> it sort of won't work because they don't know what the final plan is. Um, and so we want it to feel very organic to students. You know, how did you do that? Ooh, can I model your thinking? But I have a, a final goal in mind. And so I'm going to put it up on the board in such a way that helps students make connections easier and, um, and find those patterns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So another difference is that as students are explaining their thinking and, and the teachers modeling that thinking, the teacher's job is to draw out relationships. It's mm -hmm. to ask questions, to help um, students make those connections and to, to listen for those glimmers and draw out those connections and relationships. Right. right. However, it is not a time for a teacher to directly teach the strategy, right? <laughs> no, so if they're no, drawing no. out relationships that the, the kids are sharing, mm -hmm. There's not an opportunity or a reason for a student to directly teach and then use those problems to practice. And yeah. I, I think you actually have a, a, a story about that. Oh, so painful. So um, we were working with teachers early on and it was probably, I'll, I'll just take all the blame. I probably wasn't very clear um, about what problem strings are and facilitation. I was still learning, you know, I was still doing them and learning about them and watching videos about them and getting better at them. But um, at one point I went into a teacher's classroom. Um, I was observing teachers and kind of giving feedback and everything. And the teacher was all proud and excited and said, okay, okay, we're going to do a problem string. First problem, here's how you do it. Step one, step two, step three, step four. Okay, everybody got it? Now use the rest of the problems in the string and go practice what I just taught you. <laughs> I was in the back of the room going, what? Like, no. Like, so that's, that's not, that's an example of not a problem string. It's yeah. not about... Um, just like using the first problem to directly teach a strategy and the rest of the problems to practice. Nope. Yeah. It yeah. is discussion between each problem, modeling, making the thinking visible in between each problem. Yep. Cool. So Kim, you have a story yeah. uh, about something else. The problem string is not, yeah. it's also not students using all using the same strategy. Right. So uh, we, Pam and I were in a classroom once and there was, we were excited because there was some really good thinking going on. And, and Pam and I walked in the room. We might have even told the story, but I'm gonna tell again. We walked in the room <laughs> and I went one direction and Pam went the other direction. And oh my gosh, I was so excited. I was I just like, I was, was thrilled. Pam's thrilled. across the room, staring at me, kind of giving me thumbs up and I'm shaking my head at her, like kind of burp. I mean, I'm like high-fiving. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost ready to whoop out loud. I'm so excited. And you're like, no. And I'm like, what? And you're like, like, no. What's going on? <laughs> so what we were seeing was that every single student for every single problem was using the exact same targeted strategy. And let's be real. We've been in classrooms. There's no way that every student is using the same strategy for every single problem because well, the problems were good. Yeah, it was a problem rich, rich problem, yeah, right? Yeah. Where lots of strategies have been used. And what was funny was I didn't recognize that. So I, all I saw was that we had some good strategies happening and yeah. I didn't, I wasn't even really like noticing that the problems were rich and that the students should have, if, if we really said solve the problem any way you want, yeah. some students should have been having some pings, some sparks to solve the problem different ways, using different relationships and they weren't. And so they were all too lockstep. Yeah. And so we don't want everybody, it's not about being lockstep. It's not about forcing strategies for every problem. The, the whole idea of numeracy and strategies and mathematizing is that you let the numbers and the structure influence the strategy that you choose. That's mathematizing, not just lockstep doing the same thing every time. So it's also not about taking the time 
to put up a, a student's crazy strategy on the board, or as I like to joke around, uh, a crazy student strategy. But what do I mean by that? Of course, we're going to investigate and explore student strategies. Of course, we're going to take things that students do and we're going to look into them and like, will this work every time? And, and that we really want to honor students thinking, but probably not during a problem string if you don't recognize what's happening quick enough. What do I mean by that? I mean, as you're circulating and a student's doing something and you're like, I'm, I'm not really clear on that. Well, you can, take, you can take a little bit of time to see if you can figure out what the student's doing, to, to see if you can generalize what work every time. But we don't want you to get bogged down in, it in that moment, in, in that moment, meaning during a problem string. We absolutely want you to dive into it and figure out what's going on. But, but we need to keep problem strings snappy. Problem strings are instructional right. routines. Uh, like we said earlier, they're short-ish, right? We don't want kids to get bored. We, uh, we also don't want to get super sidetracked during a problem string. Now, we might take that strategy, that crazy student, I mean, that student's crazy strategy, and, and say, hey, hey, this is really interesting. I'm going to look at it later. Ask your colleagues, um, phone, a, phone, fr- phone a friend, phone me and, and Kim. And let <laughs> us know you know, like what you're thinking about and, and work it out. You might take some time later when you have planned some time where you can kind of go down that rabbit hole and, and where you've had a chance to sort of figure out what's happening because then you don't derail the learning that was going to happen. Right. So it's, it's, it's not about dissing student thinking. We absolutely want you to go there. Just not during a problem string. Um, if right. you can't, if you can't sort of figure it out quick enough. Yeah. Because it's about the sequence, the sharing, about making the thinking visible by modeling, representing students' thinking. That's what creates the connections and mental relationships, causing disequilibrium to give students a chance to grapple with what's happening. We want to keep that package tight so that uh, kids know, oh, this is what happens during a problem string. Right. And so people ask us about writing problem strings. And I got to tell you, Pam and I really believe strongly that even before you need to worry about being a string writer, becoming a master facilitator of strings is crucial. Um, We used pre-written strings for a very long time before we made the attempt to write strings because they are so carefully crafted. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to write problem strings, go for it. Like we will support you the best we can. However, we think that that will be an easier thing to do, a more, um, not even just easier, but a thing that you can do at all if you sort of get a feel for what problem strings are. What does it mean to facilitate a problem string? What are the different structures of problem strings? What are the different types? What are the different goals? Like all the things you can get better at as you facilitate pre-written strings, and then you'll have a better sense of writing strings. We will talk more a little bit about writing strings a little bit later in the podcast, uh, but for now, we'd really encourage you, grab some really well-written problem strings and give them a go. Like uh, grab your neighbor, grab your spouse, grab your kids, grab like whoever you can, your class, your colleagues, facilitate problem strings, get used to those problem strings. What does it mean to have that sequence? What What's embedded in? What are the relationships happening? How do you make that thinking visible? Then you'll be more ready to sort of write problem strings. Yeah? Yep. So if you want to learn more mathematics and refine your math teaching so that you and your students are mathematizing more and more, then join us and the Math is Figureoutable movement and help us spread the word that math is figureoutable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. Remember, we're going to be opening registration for the Math is Figureoutable challenge soon. 
Mark your calendar from May 15th through 17th. You are not going to want to miss these free PD evenings where you'll learn four routines you need in your classroom that are naturally engaging and encourage students to think mathematically. And remember, if you can't make those times, registering gets you access to the recordings. Keep making math figure outable.